The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Good morning. Welcome in. It's a leap day. February 29th, 2024. Let's kick it. Is that what we're going to do today? What was I supposed to do today? That's right. A blast. A blast. That's the plan. Kings put a little, uh, damper on that last night though for a while i was like wow it's pretty awesome i only watched the first quarter i thought it was a great game yeah i only watched the first quarter in the next five minutes and i was elated we'll do that at some point today check in with you all to see how long did you stick with that game that was a rough one rough one last night so i share my youtube tv with a couple people and like occasionally, and since it's on mine, occasionally like there'll be too many people on it, and you'll get like this saying like, "Hey, there's too many people on." Oh, it'll let you know. Yeah, because it takes it off. Oh, okay. So, like it'll stop and say like, "Hey, there's too many people on." And what do you think? What's that number generally? Uh, I think like four. Four different households, yeah. or whatever. Okay. Or on like four different screens. Yeah. So like I usually reach out to people and be like, be like, "Hey, um, I'm sort of watching something." So and they'll be like, oh, "Okay." Yeah. Like that type of thing. <laughs> Last night it came up. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. Yeah. It's me that's It was out. like, I think it was like at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But then you missed. No, you didn't miss much. Though we I will, did? We will revisit something later in the game. I was right about something. You were. And we will go over our recap of our predictions from three in the key. And Chris had a pretty significant one uh, that he got correct. Uh, welcome into the show. Jason Ross here. Chris Verlaud as well. Carmichael Dave uh, not with us today as uh, we have a typical Thursday show for you in this sense. Our weekly Thursday guests will be showing up today. That means sports business. Yeah, sports business. Good at business. Uh-huh. With Kelly Brothers, he's going to join us at 7.30. At 8 o'clock, Sam A. Sam Amick will join us from The Athletic, get the very latest on the NBA and all things he's covering. It's good to talk to him in person the other day. Oh, you saw Sam? Yeah, saw yeah. him at the dining room. Nice. Sam is always very, just always seems to be kind of just happy and chill and easy to talk to, fun to be around, always connected to the league. So we really enjoy talking to him. I think he recognized me because I was making fun of Sean. overheard you know, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how did that go? Had you not met Sam before? Uh, I think I have, like, occasionally, but, uh-huh. like, never, like, really talked yeah. to him in person. Okay. So that was good. You had a good conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Sam's the best. So we look forward to talking with Sam. We also will have leading off. We'll have three for madness. Uh, we will have, at the end of the show, celebrity birthdays, a little crosstalk with 
Um, Big Al and C-Dub. I, I like that. Watkins does not. Oh, he doesn't like C-Dub? He or, does not like C-Dub. I thought he said that was a nickname that... Oh, he just doesn't like the C-Dub? No, I said, I said that was a nickname that I gave Chris that he regretted. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the story was... Um, this is back when uh, when um, Nick uh, Nick was here as a PD. Yeah. And so I came in one time, and he was over in the corner where he was working. I just walked by. I'm like, yo, what up, C-Dub? <laughs> just like, because like I mess around with everybody yeah. around here. And Nick said, oh, Watkins, is that your nickname? And he goes, no. I'm like, oh, no, I was just making it up. And he goes, Oh, I like it. I was like, no, 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 we don't call him that. He's like, C-Dub, I like it. <laughs> and then Watkins gave me a thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Really appreciate that. That's going to stick. It hasn't, to my knowledge, I haven't never, I hadn't heard people call him that. Um, yeah, it was just me. Yeah. But when other people hear it and like it, and if you don't like it, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. We will, uh, the only thing you could do is shut up and hope they forget about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, okay, let's just let's not draw any more attention to this. Uh, so we've got all that coming up today. Uh, Chris, you alerted this to me yesterday, and I'm so thankful you did because it did get me down a little bit of a rabbit hole yesterday. Um, we're fans of of movies, pop culture, all that kind of stuff. And you sent me um, word of a report that they're going to do a Naked Gun reboot, which I'm all for, and obviously we don't have. What's crazy is I usually hate reboots. I'm of the idea of... You should go back to what you did in Hollywood and yeah. just start something new. No, not do it. Just do the same thing, but just call it something different. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> like that type of thing. But I actually really like this idea. Yeah. And so it's a Naked Gun reboot, which, I mean, I think that series did well. It, you know, it, was, it had a TV show. It also had uh, three movies or 33. I didn't know about the TV show. You didn't? That's uh, what was first, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think I remember hearing about it. It's like Police Squad. Police Squad, okay. yeah. Yeah. And so the Naked Gun became, you know. And, uh. It was with Frank Drebin? Yep. Okay. Was it the same type of idea? Yeah, I believe so, if okay. I remember right. And so now, I don't know if it's going to be the same characters. I mean, it can't be the same cast. Obviously, we've lost uh, Leslie Nielsen has passed, but... Could get uh, O.J. Norberg. Um, I guess technically they could. I know that would not be... Well, I don't think that would land very well, but I don't know how... Um, would you be surprised if he had a cameo? No, I wouldn't actually. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't. Or they might like put something in there, like talking about him and saying like, "Oh, he's in jail." No, oh, that would actually be funny. What for? And you know, just like they could have fun with that. Um, but where it really caught my attention was the reboot. You know, okay, it's really important if it is Frank Drebin who plays Frank Drebin or someone like that, the lead. And reportedly, it's going to be with Liam Neeson. And at first I went, no way, no. Well, hang on a second. So Leslie Nielsen's career, for those of you, and I'm the one that would be at the back end of his career that would know Airplane, Frank Trevitt, just all the slapstick. But apparently he was a serious actor. I think when he first got into like comedy, that was a thing. Like if you watch him, he was never like funny. No. Like the funny was him being completely serious about what he is talking about yeah and like so, it would be goofy what he is talking about but yeah. that's what made it amazing yeah and then i've actually seen stuff with him post now like in the last year or so like old footage where i can't apparently he was really a prankster and he would always carry around a uh 
fart sound, yeah. like a fart <laughs> machine. And he's like, oh, we're getting ready to do interviews, like sit down when they do those junkets and they have to interview in Tampa to Sacramento, to, you know, just all over the place to, t- to promote movies. He would play around with that thing. So he was always kind of a prankster, but he delivered that so beautifully. It's just dry, deadpan, slapstick. And Naked Gun, to me, w- was a lot of fun. Just all those movies. And again, they're they're going to throw hundreds and hundreds of jokes at you. And you, that's one you can rewatch because you don't always get them all. And one of my favorite things, I remember, I want to say I was in high school when one of them came out, Naked Gun 2 and a half or whatever it was, or 33 and a third, and went on opening night. And it was one of those things where the theater's packed. Everyone was so excited. And... I laughed hard. I mean, I really enjoyed the movie, but it was one like I missed. I, I could tell like people were laughing. I'm like, wait, we. <laughs> I wanted to hear more of the the dialogue, so I actually went to see that one a second time in the theater. I remember that because you miss too much when there's just joke after joke after joke, and so some of those things, believe it or not, I think those hold up, which is weird. Yes, we were talking about that. Like you go and the entire baseball scene from naked gun <laughs> is one of the funniest yeah like the hardest i laugh at movies yeah and there's again talk about hundreds of hundreds maybe it's not everything on there but there's enough in there at just they're just slamming you with slapstick. i remember my dad showing it to me as a kid mm-hmm. and just like the blooper scene just absolutely yes. crying laughing and i mean i love just there's so many little things and nuance to some of it when they go up to the booth and they have like 12 broadcasters <laughs> And there's like big time Hall of Fame. It's like Mel Allen. <laughs> Mel Allen. You got uh, Kurt Gowdy. I think Jim Palmer. Um, I I, mean, I don't know. It's just stacked. I mean, maybe Al Michaels is in there. I can't remember, but it's just loaded with with talented people. So anyway, um, and then you showed me a couple of scenes of different things that he's done in kind of that serious role, but it's supposed to be projected as comedy. It's funny. He's though. like playing himself. Yeah. And what's so funny about it is he's taking these really dumb ideas and being completely serious. Yeah, about it. and the serious nature, and he's talking about very serious things, but yet he makes them funny in the in the way he delivers it. So it actually might work. I mean, it's all going to depend on the writing and what they put around him. I don't. I think it's going to be less about him than it is about the writing and what what. Yeah, they, and now thinking about, it, there hasn't really been like a slot. There hasn't been like an airplane or like a naked gun style movie that i can think of it's been a while because there was a couple that were still around that there was one that made fun of the lethal weapons i think it was loaded weapon with oh emilio Estevez and samuel L. jackson yeah i saw that one in theaters but that would have been in the 90s and then there was a show that was out really briefly and i don't know if you saw this and it would only be a couple of years ago maybe within the last five years on TBS with Rashida Jones. It was Oh yeah, you told me about that. Just like that. And I thought it was really funny. Really funny. And I don't even know how many episodes it has or had. And I really enjoyed that show. I gotta even look up what that show was called because um it was I thought well done, but it just didn't have any staying power. Probably wasn't oh, it was Angie Tribeca. So you never saw any of those episodes? No, and it sounds like something I'd like, but I just never got to it. Yeah, basically the same um, premise. Uh, Dion Cole was in that, and she's a a detective. And I think that's what makes these things. That's what Frank Drebin is. And slapstick. I mean, just completely slapstick. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to remember 
any of the th- scenes that stood out to me, but there's something where in one of those shows from Angie Tribeca. Oh, now that I think about it, the uh, movie with Paul Rudd and uh, Amy Poehler, they came together is a lot like. Is it that much slapstick? Though? Oh, yeah. Okay. Throughout, like, it's joke after joke after joke after okay. joke. I showed you the one scene of him yes. at the bar. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think they can they can pull it off. Liam Neeson was an, is an interesting choice, but it might be the perfect kind of choice because I think naturally you're thinking of, like, a comedian, but that's not – you don't have to be that because, really, you're right, Chris, there's not a lot of scenes where people say stuff for other people to laugh. It's almost like – I'm saying something in a, I mean, one of the classic things that I remember from Frank Drebin would be the visual you see as the audience is him and there's bombs and fire and looting. And he's like, there's nothing to see here. Go back to your homes. And he's trying to be serious. And it's like, there's absolutely everything to look at behind you. And, but that's kind of the way the quote that you and I say to each other all the time. I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. Yes. Yes. So um, I think he'll be good. I don't know. When is this supposed to come out? Uh, it's probably next year. Just starting. So we'll see. Liam Neeson. And I hope they take some – I think they're going to have – could have some liberties if they want from any of his l- movies that he's been so serious in or famous lines like, I've got a specific set of skills. You know, or whatever he might do where he's trying to use that in a serious way, but they, you know, parlay that into something funny. So – I'm looking forward to it. Always have enjoyed that. And maybe slapstick's not for everybody, but I think there's a, for whatever reason, that is such silly and maybe stupid comedy, but I think those last, and I don't know why it doesn't seem like it should, because the weird one is, is I find when writers write something in the current time, which makes sense to do. If you go back and you listen to some stuff that are truly defined as comedies and maybe the, the key line they deliver and you're like, oh gosh, we don't even utilize that anymore. That's not even a thing anymore. And it's like, well, it probably was in the 90s or the early 2000s. So we'll see how the uh, Naked Gun reboot uh, does if in fact it all gets lined up. All right, so uh, let's lead things off. We will talk about the Kings getting demolished by Denver. The NFL report cards came out. Oh my goodness. There was some uh, pretty harsh stuff, some good stuff too. We'll kind of go over those throughout the show today as kind of a through line and much more as uh, we're just getting started here on Sacktown Sports. Let's do it. Leading off the three top stories in the morning. Huge news. This is very important. Here's cut number one. It's the screen. Joker rolls. Jackson had a notion, but he couldn't find him. So he goes to KCP. Who is he hot? Antavius Caldwell Pope now has 19 points as he knocked down his fourth three-pointer. Do you remember that time in the game last night when the Kings were cooking? They're up 15 on the road, playing without De'Aaron Fox. And I'm thinking, wow, this might go. The win they had in Denver two weeks ago was one of my favorites. This might be my new favorite. And then not a, you know, runs happen in the league. It was an avalanche. By the Denver Nuggets. Kings absolutely got crushed. Was it a 28-4 to run to end the first half? Something along those lines. And then it just continued, though. Like, it's like, all right. Because I think they were only down 10 at the half. It's like, all right, they've been hit. But 10, like, if you had told me before the game they'd be 10, down 10 at the half, it's like, all right, you can win that game. But there was no chance. And they couldn't score the first, like, five or six minutes of the third quarter. Denver kept scoring. And, I mean, they went from up 13 to down as many as 32 points. 
in the same game. So we had a 47-point turnaround. Denver ended up winning. They pick up their 40th win. Kings, costly loss for multiple reasons. They go to 33-25. and 25. Still have the season tiebreaker with Denver, though I don't think that's going to matter in any way, shape, or form. But why it was costly, um, the ever-changing NBA standings, Sacramento had won the game on Sunday in L.A. against the Clippers, really a nice win, and put themselves back into the five seed. Uh, not getting enough help in the last couple days and two losses to the Miami Heat and to the Denver Nuggets. And the Kings have uh, dropped down in the standings now to eighth place by themselves. All of a sudden, the Lakers a little bit closer and the Warriors a little bit closer. So, um, you know, I had a couple people tell me yesterday, I had someone on social media to go, well, Kings are just going to fall the way to 11th. That's almost going to be impossible. I mean, that's the good news, that the 10 are pretty much set. Utah right now, even with the Kings losing the last two, and keep in mind the Kings have 24 games left. So, I mean, they would have to be absolutely awful. I mean, awful the rest of the way. Utah is, what is that, six and a half games back. And you might think, well, that's not that much. It is. It really is with this many games to go. Um, The Jazz have 20... What is that? 23 games left. The Kings have 24 games left. And really, I say six and a half. It's seven and a half because the Kings have the tiebreaker already over the Jazz. So don't worry about that part. We'll just worry about how the Kings are playing. And to me, last night isn't at that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Where it bothers me more so is is pairing it with the, the heat loss. So if the Kings had done what a lot of people thought they would or could and beat Miami and been 2-0 and on the week and had the clunker last night, you could lump it into, well, Denver was motivated. They had been, they didn't want Michael Malone before the game was like, we're not going to be swept, and he was right, and throw in the fact that the Kings didn't have De'Aaron Fox. Understandable. But, again, you did lose to the Heat, a, a game that was harder to explain. Last night, easier to explain. Denver's really good. They were motivated. Kings didn't have a key player and uh, gave them a good shot early. But couldn't couldn't shut them down once it got cooking for Denver. And uh, now the Kings go back to the drawing board. They will get Minnesota on Friday. Another tough game coming up for the Kings. All right, let's get to cut number two. Cut number two. Did it again. You know, you needed 33 points, and that's what you got tonight in another triple-double. What matters to you about this record tonight? I think it's really special. I think it shows how great women's basketball is. Um, there's been so many amazing players to come before me and have laid such a great foundation for me to be able to play on this stage in front of crowds like this. You know, it, does, it didn't just start with me. It didn't just start with this team. It was all the people in front of me um, that have paved the way for women's basketball and players like myself. So more than anything, I'm just grateful to have these opportunities to play in, fan, in front of fans like this. And it never gets old, Holly. Honestly, it's super special. And it's something that I never take for granted. And before every game starts, I just look around and try to soak it all in because these are some of the best moments of my life. And if I can inspire young girls to play basketball and dream to be whatever they want to be, you know, uh, life's pretty good then. Well, Caitlin Clark is special. College basketball's biggest star set yet more records last night. 48-point win for the Iowa Hawkeyes. That's the uh, the backdrop, but the, front line, the headline story is Caitlin Clark becoming the all-time major college scoring record leader on the women's side, surpassing Kansas legend Lynette Woodard. Also, another triple-double. Also, the three-point record. She's just stacking up accolades. And I'm glad her perspective, I I mean, i got to believe that she means it, 
this, I, I don't know that she can have a better time in her life than what she's doing right now. It's really cool to see the crowds out coming to see her. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of when Mark McGuire was going for the home run record mm-hmm. and just people just having to be at the place to see it. Yeah. Like for like themselves. To say, I was there. And yeah. You, you know you're seeing something special. And a lot of this starts to, to snowball courtesy of the media. But she's a, just an insanely great player. How many people can get people to stay at a home game when the team is being destroyed by, by over 48 points yeah it's like i don't care i'm here i want to see how much you know what where she will go how many points she'll get what number i mean another triple double too it's just she's been an absolute phenom and it's been a boost for women's college basketball certainly i don't even know when we go back to you know when there's some there's still some people out there that think oh these athletes shouldn't get paid because they're getting a scholarship if, if that is you uh, i mean whatever you can think how you want but to me, I, I don't even know how you could quantify the dollar figure of what Caitlin Clark is bringing into Iowa. Yeah. I mean, I just don't even know. I mean, people buying tickets, people watching on TV, people traveling to go see her play. Now, that may not directly go to Iowa, but just the recognition, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. And just, I mean, people, I, people I'm sure they can look at clicks on their website, stuff like that, some quantifiable numbers, but just... The intangible stuff of, you know, us in California talking about Caitlin Clark, that we even know who Caitlin Clark is. I mean, 20 years ago in women's basketball, we'd talk about Connecticut, Tennessee, Stanford. Yeah. Notre Dame a little bit. Maybe. I mean, you're going 20. I mean, it's, yeah. but it's it's grown to the level. It's really paralleled what men's college basketball did. It's seemingly now on the fast track where – um you get a dominant program. Stanford was kind of that. Tennessee at one point. Then Connecticut, like it was almost unfair. People were like, is this even, remember that? Is this good for college basketball? Because Connecticut's winning everything. Well, it was good for women's college basketball because now all of a sudden South Carolina, Baylor, here they come. And now Iowa's great. LSU, it's, you, you had maybe one to two to three teams that could win it. Now there's more teams. There's more great players. The WNBA was good. Now it's great and it's only getting better much like the I mean all this stuff is growing and it's got to be one of the fastest growing sports because the impact of what people like Caitlin Clark are doing and now so many more people are playing so many more uh, young girls are playing basketball and becoming better and better at it and that jump of of improvement of skills is is just phenomenal and Caitlin Clark is really is really must watch all right let's get to cut number three cut number three all right, we really don't have any audio for this one, but we will have plenty to discuss about it. The NFL report cards are out, and this is one of those things where if you were a kid and you did not necessarily get good grades and you would maybe hide your report card from your parents. Uh, did you ever have a time, Chris, where your report card had to get signed? Because I don't know. I don't think. I know I didn't. Um, Because I think that's a thing now. I think at some point I did. Okay. Did you forge it? No. <laughs> Were your grades okay? Yeah, my grades are always fine. Yeah. Like I think like the lowest grade I ever got in something was like, you know, when you get like the, the warning progress. report card. Yeah. yeah, the progress report. Like one time I had a C, but like, usually okay. I was, I'll tighten up. Yeah, yeah, it's usually A's and B's. That's good. Yeah, I mean, look, I know everybody learns at a different level. My personal experience I always thought was pretty much if you show up and you're there every day and you kind of do the assignments – you'll probably get a C. 
And that's yeah. if you're a terrible test taker. I mean, probably, right? Like, if you're there and you do the work, you could probably scratch out a C. Now, if you do a little bit more and you do well on tests and, and I don't know if there's extra credit or stuff like that, then you're in that B and A range, and there you go. I remember in high school, I went to a Christian school, and my friend, he was on uh, academic probation for basketball because he was failing religion. And I'm like, and it was just like a, like, cause you needed uh, to have higher than a D uh-huh. to get, uh, get past academic probation. And that was a pass fail class. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, if you write Jesus for all of your answers, yeah. you'll at least pass. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, He's like, right. I just don't want to do it. Oh man. Just a little effort, just a small amount of effort. Well, in this case, on the NFL report cards, it's the players evaluating owners, coaches, teams, kind of the facilities, the um, training table, all the different things. And there's some teams that did just fine. And there are some teams that, boy, got Fs and F minus throughout the show today. We'll kind of hit you as a through line on on the team report cards, on the owner grades, on the coaching grades. And you know how the Niners are graded out in all that as well. So we've got that. Coming up today, much more on the Kings and their disappointment, their blowout loss in Denver. Kelly Brothers joining us at 7.30. Sam Amick at 8. When we come back, interesting night besides the Kings. We go around the NBA, a first for LeBron. Luca, the birthday boy, had a big day. All that and around the NBA. When we come back on Sacktown Sports. On the move. Got somewhere to be? Take Sacramento Kings basketball with you. The Sacktown Sports app will let you stay connected to your passion. Never miss a moment of Sacramento Kings basketball with the Sacktown Sports app. Sacramento Weather is brought to you by the National Railroad Passenger Corporation. I'm Tamara Berg in the KCRA 3 Weather Center. It is Thursday. It's the final day of February and we're looking at a cool start to the morning. Quiet conditions, but by midday to afternoon, expecting showers on and off again. It'll be occasionally breezy. Highs stay upper 50s. Get the latest forecast on the KCRE 3 News and the KCRE 3 app. Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. You don't know the song. Fire Falcon. Whoa! What is this from? Uh, This is Will Ospreay's theme song. I did know that. Back here on the show, Jason Ross, Christopher Law, taking you till 10 o'clock. Uh, thank you on our YouTube. They had said, I talked about that uh, Angie Tribeca show. It was four seasons. The problem with four seasons now is, is that like six episodes? <clears throat> and, you know, I what was the one I saw the other day? There was a commercial for, what was it? They said there was their 25th season. Dancing with the Stars? That or, oh, no, that, 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 uh, The Voice. Oh, it has what? <laughs> But I think because they might do, um, don't they? I don't know. I think they do a uh, maybe a fall and a summer. Or I'm a guessing because I'm like they haven't been around 25 seasons. Um, American Idol. I mean, like 20 something. We now. Re- remember when a season of television was like 23 shows. Yeah, a full. Which some I guess the the main stream. I get. Well, this was on TBI. I don't know. I don't know how they do this anymore. 
Um, and where are you on that? Like if a a show or a series that you follow, like I guess Brooklyn Nine-Nine, did you wait for seasons to end or did you watch that each week? How did you? I watched it each week. Okay. Um, yeah, I think a show, if I like it that much, like I right now I watch Abbott Elementary all the time uh, and I, I watch that every week or yeah, Saturday Kirby Night Enthousi- Live. Enthusiasm I watch every week. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, um, we lost yesterday uh, Richard Lewis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in classic Larry David, you see his tweet? <laughs> of course. And it's like you kind of go, oh, man, like, yeah, but that's that's him. Like yeah. it was it's I don't know. I don't know any other way to say it. If you saw what he he tweeted about one of his great friends uh, who passed away. But he was Richard Lewis was so good in one of my favorite movies growing up. Robin Hood Men in Tights it was King Richard. <laughs> yes. No, that was a slapstick. <laughs> that was where yeah. he would have he would have the mole that kept moving yes. on his face. And, yes. Oh, I think your mole moved. I have a mole. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I think uh, so. What's different, like Abbott Elementary or Saturday Night Live? I try to watch that weekly. But um, what was the one that we were watching? Only Murders in the Building has now done three three seasons. But I want to wait till that's like they would release it weekly. But I waited till that was done. That's so what I, could, I did with Ted Lasso. Okay, so yeah, I think people have, are adjusting on how they uh, watch all these things. Well, last night uh, you probably saw portions of the Sacramento Kings game. Uh, if not the entirety, if you saw the entirety, good for you, I guess. Uh, you're a glutton for punishment. We'll get into the Kings a little bit later. Also, our NFL PA Players Report Card Review. Next up, we'll look at the owner's grades. And uh, good thing Kansas City's got talent on the field. Let's just put it that way. We'll discuss that coming up here shortly. Uh, but let's look around the NBA last night and uh, some things that, I guess, helped the Kings, but certainly what hurt them the most was their own loss as uh, they got just – was that a dog walk, a boat race, a both for the Kings? Curb stomped. Curb stomped by the Denver Nuggets, 117-96. No, around the league where the Kings got help, I guess. And again, you know, this whole thing isn't finalized. That's why you play out all 82. Kings could still work their way back up the standings. Uh, the Pacers defeated the Pelicans. Uh, that helped a bit to drop the Pelicans back down to 35-25. and 25. The Mavericks, this is a good recovery win for them. Remember, they had the heartbreaking loss in Cleveland the day before where Max Struess hit that 60-foot shot to beat him at the buzzer. Uh, So they were in a back-to-back. They went to Toronto. Luka Doncic celebrated his birthday, and uh, Luka had 30 points, 11 rebounds, and 16 assists, a triple-double in the Mavericks' win over the Raptors. Uh, Minnesota, the Kings' next opponent, they picked up another one. They were in a battle all night with the Grizzlies, 110-101, and Anthony Edwards scored 34 points. They are now a Western Conference best, 42-17. and And, you know, when thinking about this perspective with the Kings, my natural reaction is to get them out of the play-in and get them into a playoff spot, a six or a fifth, ideally move all the way up to four, but I, I think that's going to be a tough task. You want that for the sense of security where you're not in a one or two game play-in situation if need be. Now, the irony of that, the way the standings are going and the way they seemingly might stay, I just don't know if if OKC or Minnesota will relinquish their top two spots. I think the better spot to be, personally, for the Kings is seventh or eighth. Now, I don't want them to be in the play-in. That's where the... The tricky spot here is if they get to six or fifth, then you secure yourself as a playoff team. 
But right now, that looks like that would be more a look at the Clippers or the Nuggets. And I just, I trust me personally, and I could be wrong on this, I would have more faith in those teams as playoff teams than I do right now against Minnesota and OKC. And probably part of my reservations on those two teams is them not doing it before, their lack of experience. The Kings have beaten them. They've beaten every one of those teams. Uh, They've lost to now every one of those teams. So I don't know which matchup is best. Last night was the first time we saw a fully healthy Nuggets team against the Kings. Now, ironically, the Kings weren't fully healthy, but that was a mismatch last night. So anyway, the Timberwolves got that win, 110-101. And then the last game of the night, and actually I was here working Kings last night and was working on our show rundown stuff we're going to talk about. One of the things I wrote in there is Clippers win the Battle of L.A. Because I left here and the Clippers were basically routing the Lakers and got home, watched the rest of that Laker game, uh, the game, and the Lakers came from 21 down and had to rechange uh, change up some of the things there. So congrats to the Lakers on that. That's a heck of a win. The, the Clippers' loss, I would say, doesn't do that much for the Kings, especially since the Kings lost. Um, the Clippers now, if we update the standings, 10, it's the Warriors. The Lakers uh, leapfrog them and go to 9. The Kings have fallen to 8 with a two-game cushion on the Lakers. Remember, they still play the Lakers twice, so Sacramento better be careful there. The Kings are just a half game back of Dallas. They have two more matchups with them. They are a full game back of New Orleans and Phoenix. They play each of them one more time. They are now four and a half back of the Clippers. They face them one more time. They're done with the Denver Nuggets. The Kings are now six and a half back of them. They're eight back of OKC and eight and a half back of Minnesota. They still play Minnesota and OKC one more time. So again, just to kind of reiterate, I think the Kings playoff hopes would be best suited to play either Minnesota or OKC. That's my personal opinion. Um, They want to get to six or fifth but they would most likely play. Most likely. I still think Denver or the Clippers could jump up, but as of now, it would be Denver and Clippers in that uh, 3-4 spot. So things to watch over the uh, next couple of weeks as we are, again, winding down. This thing is is cruising right along. All right, we've talked about it. Let's get into it. When we return, the Chiefs, they're the defending champs. Everything is good about the Chiefs, right? Well, maybe not the owner's. Uh, owner part of that will tell you what's wrong with the Chiefs and other teams how they graded out on the NFLPA report card review we'll look at the owner grades when we return with the best in local sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across... And at that moment, he turns and goes back Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career, he's been waiting for, he's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard when Michael Jordan wins it again. The Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champs. They're going to try to uh, go for a three-peat this year. As still a heartbreaking loss for the San Francisco 49ers. So everything seems to be 
on the surface good in Kansas City Chiefs land, right? They got the best quarterback, one of the best coaches, um, a lot of talent all the way around, great fan base. Things are good for the Chiefs. Well, yesterday, and we'll do this throughout the show, we'll check in on the coaching grades that was revealed, kind of team overall grades, but the owners were graded as well in the NFLPA yearly report card. This is, again, you know, we talk about transparency in sports, and one of the beefs I have, I personally don't think the last two-minute report is a good thing for the NBA. Others do. I understand the thought behind it and the transparency, but it doesn't do anything to to change the scope, in my mind, of of the mistakes that are made. I, I'm not even mad. The mistakes happen. I, I understand that and can appreciate that, but I think highlighting them um, doesn't help some of the perception that is out there. And so if a team lost on a really bad call and the next day that's validated, cool, thanks. We saw it. We know it. It was missed. What do you do about it? So the league chooses to do that. Here the NFL Players Association chooses to release uh, its results. Now sometimes there have been things that have been released and there have been improvement. I know, for example, Arizona was one of the worst graded organizations on many levels uh, from all the different things that they they are being graded on, when we do the teams, we'll kind of talk about that. Uh, but stuff of the categories are like treatment of families, food, cafeteria, nutrition, dietitian, locker room, training room, training staff, weight room, coaches or strength coaches, team travel, head coach, owner. All that stuff is being is being looked at to kind of accumulate the numbers and put what the report is on each and every team. But what's interesting to me is to have an organization, generally you want to be a championship organization on every level. That to me is the best way it can be done. That would be how I would try to do it if I was an owner of a team, someone in a huge decision-making decision of a team. Try to run everything at the championship level. If you, whatever you, whoever you are hiring, whatever you are doing, try to, you're not going to be perfect at anything but try to hire the best at it. Try to have the best social media team. Try to have the best PR team. Try to have the best coaches. Try to have the best at you know innovation and season tickets and promotion and all that kind of stuff that comes in and then all the other things that are listed here from facilities and, and locker rooms and, and treatment of families because all of this ends up being constant recruiting um, for and the word of mouth will spread. I mean, it will. And so people will go, yeah, it's a great team, but, you know, they don't treat their players very well. Well, that would be a factor in some of this. Now, you can have that special of the team, which the Chiefs seem to do, and it may not matter. I think their coaching staff is good. Obviously, their talent on the field is good. But apparently, all that is in spite of ownership. The Kansas City Chiefs ranked dead last in the league in ownership per the NFLPA survey. So that's Chiefs owner Clark Hunt graded out with the lowest rating, apparently because of his unwillingness to invest in team facilities. And some of his quotes after seeing this also make you think, okay, how how tone deaf are you? And Chris, I go back to the Super Bowl. Now I can't remember this because I'm never really that infatuated with the post-game celebration that much. I like the the raw, how uh, players might react to one another, how they might react to the opposing team in kind of a congratulatory way. But once they get up to the podium and they're kind of just yelling at the, the crowd, but then when the owner is usually first, 
I'm never really – it's like, okay, let's get on to whoever's the MVP and the head coach and people we want to hear. I don't remember when they said, all right, let's hear it. You know, usually owners don't get an ovation, but I don't remember what the Chiefs' reaction to Clark Hunt was when he's first talking about the team. But maybe you don't even care at that moment because you just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then what's bad is America is the only country that does that. That every lets other, the owners talk. Yeah, every other sport in the world, owner isn't even on the field. Yeah, it's all about the players. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about that because I don't want to diminish the owner's role in it. But I also, I mean, you're right. I mean, to me, it's the players. When you're doing the slice of the pie in the championship, I mean, yes, you have to have the owner that writes the checks. Yes, but after that. Do they call a play? Do they make a shot? Do they hit Some a home run? Some of the best owners, we don't even know. Some of the yeah. best teams, we don't even know who the owners yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, ideally. I, now we're talking about ideal owner. They spend. or they And they care. Yes. Let's go with spend and care because I think they both are very important. Um, and hear and listen to what the players are. They're not the, the owners aren't always right. And then, yeah, it's not – It's and kind of stay out of the way. And you can't help it if people show you on TV. But, uh, like – Balmer to me is someone that's super animated, so that kind of draws you to want to see his reaction. But I don't think I think that's who he is. We've seen enough videos oh. <laughs> of that's clearly his personality, like, like it or not. But I don't think he's a look at me guy. I think that's I think he's always wound up where it looks like is he okay? <laughs> um, what is he doing? What is he on right now? But I think he's he's this excited for Windows ninety five, right? Exactly. Um, whereas in this case, Clark Hunt just. Um, doesn't seem to get it, and he obviously did not uh, grade very well at all. And I would be very upset as a fan, like, and going to games and spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and then finding out like, wait, why are they having cold showers? Yeah, my owner is not taking care of my guys, facilities, families. Um, Sometimes some of this stuff is amazing to me that meals aren't provided. I mean, these guys are together all day, and sometimes they're not getting I, meals. like, Or you have to pay for meals as a player. It was mind-blowing. I talk about this all the time. When I went to Manchester City, and I took the tour of the stadium, and just the type of thought and care that they had for their players that are on a whole other level. Like, everything that you eat at when you're, like, there – Everything is provided by the club. They take like blood samples of players to see what type of vitamins and nutrition wow. that they need to. Because they are like, we're paying these guys a lot of yeah, money. Let's we, maximize it. We need to make sure they're well. They've got their own. It's almost like a hotel where they have mm-hmm. their own rooms because they go and play in Europe and they come back late, like midnight, 1 a.m. Instead of saying like, hey, guys, go ahead and drive home. They say, no, stay here. You have your own room. They've got like $10,000 beds to stay. And it's just like, so just to make sure that you'll get your rest and you'll be up to get ready for like the next game you have in a few days. Yeah. And then here it's just like, okay, yeah, we'll give you childcare, but you got to pay for it. Right. Well, he, and you know, you were showing me, what was there? A, a six, it's six a room three, suite? A three story, six bedroom suite that Clark Hunt has at the Chiefs Stadium. At the stadium that he has. And it looks nice. Everything yeah. about it's great. But yet, you know, sometimes you're not taking care of the players. He was asked about his team's pitiful report card at a recent press conference. He said, quote, We did completely renovate the locker room in the stadium a couple years ago, so I'm not sure which locker room the survey is referring to. Dork. I mentioned that the practice facility is something we're going to continue to think about. So we're going to think about it. 
It's coming up on 20 years. We certainly have, in a lot of ways, outgrown it, and we recognize we have a need to expand it and modernize it. We'll do it now. I mean, what what is this? I mean, you've back-to-back Super Bowl titles. You've got a great team. Take care of your people. Especially when you're the NFL, you have to cap what your players make. And it's like, sorry, we can't give you what you want because we are limited to what we could give you. Well, then you should make sure that they want to be there for other reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Bring them in. So you look at the very bottom of the team ownership grading. You have Clark Hunt, who got an F. Uh, In Pittsburgh, they got an F. Arizona got an F. Tampa Bay, a D minus. Carolina, a D. The top of the top, Denver, Baltimore, Jacksonville. Got A's, Minnesota, and Miami got A pluses from ownership rules. We'll talk about what the teams did and the head coaches that got graded. Those will be some interesting notes from the NFLPA survey. We've got that coming up. But when we come back, life was not pretty without De'Aaron Fox in Denver last night. A awful performance by the Kings from the midpoint of the second quarter on. Blitzed in Denver. We've got that next on Sacktown Sports.